My name is Ian Boswell. I was a world tour professional cyclist for seven years. Skyrider from the USA is a fighter. Well, Ian Boswell is turning up the cranks. Also the host of this fine podcast, Breakfast with Boz, being served by Wahoo. The Breakfast with Boz podcast dives into the world of endurance sports, whether it's cycling, multi-sport, running, anything that inspires us to get out and move, we cover right here on Breakfast with Boz. Let's get cooking on Breakfast with Boz. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo. I'm your host, Ian Boswell. No fancy breakfast this morning. I have just spent a week away for the first time since the birth of our daughter. So it's nice to be back home and our chickens are finally laying eggs again. So we had an egg omelet with some cheese, spinach, and on the side of that, some of my wife's cornmeal toast with some butter and homemade jam. Delicious and simple, but it is nice after a week on the road to return back to somewhat of a routine. And with that, another episode of Breakfast with Boz coming to you. So I hope you can sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo. In today's episode, I am joined by three riders on the new Floyds of Leadville racing team. In early February, I flew out to Southern California to join the team for their first ever preseason training camp. I brought my podcast stuff along and recorded some audio with mountain bike legend Tinker Juarez, former professional road cyclist Genevieve Jensen from Canada, and finally, someone who has been on this podcast before, the winner of the 2021 Unbound XL, Taylor Ledeen. I had a great time out in California riding with all of these athletes. There are a few more people on the team who are out there as well, and maybe some conversations for down the road, but I hope you can enjoy the audio that I did record. I had a great time out there, and I think you will really enjoy hearing from these three very unique and very different athletes who are part of the new Floyds of Leadville racing team. So let's start it off with mountain bike legend Tinker Juarez. Tinker Juarez, the legend of American cycling. I've heard a lot about you over the years. I think everyone who's been a part of racing in the U.S. has has heard of Tinker. I mean, you're such an iconic figure. And finally, I got the chance to meet you this week. We've done a couple rides together, and it's it's been it's truly been my pleasure. My first uh, thing I want to ask you is, how are you feeling? I mean, you're there's no you know you've been around for goodness. You've been racing your bike for almost fifty. 50 yeah. years now. How are, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I, uh, I'm i excited. This is a brand new team. You know, the Floyd Leadville racing team is exciting news for me. Uh, I was kind of down when last year when I, you know, my team decided to push me off to the side. But once people heard about it, Floyd was the first guy that reacted. And uh, and I was really super excited when I heard that. I mean, I was like down for about, about 24 hours. And then 24 hours later, I'm like, perked up again, man. Yeah. I'm excited to show up for our team camp. Well, I mean, it's it's crazy to think, and I was thinking about this yesterday on our ride, that there's a chance, and I would be interested to like try to dive into this, that you have maybe ridden your bike more than anyone in the world. I mean, I was thinking about this. You're, you know, you're turning 61 here this year. Yep, March. You live in Southern California. You ride pretty much every day. I try to. And you've been doing this since you were, what, 13 years old? At least 13, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's many people that have, you know, I'm sure there's people that ride longer on some days, but the consistency of, you know, you ride, what, six days a week? I ride almost every day. And yeah. uh, and there's times when I don't ride, it's, it feels really good because it feels like I, I needed that one rest day. It, it, I didn't really miss anything. So it's really, uh, it's really nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I've lived here my whole life. So I'm, I was able to, uh, I'm able to ride all year round. And when I do get a, a, a chance to get a break from rain, I'm like kind of excited about it because I don't like doing, I don't need to worry about, oh, I need to train indoors because it's going to rain for the next four or five days. Yeah. Our rain is like gone in a, a day or two at the longest. You know? And so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, back in the days when I was racing BMX, you know, things were short, you know, really yeah. just fast. And, you know, but I used to ride my BMX bike every single day too, uh, just hanging out with friends, going to uh, maybe uh, just fills and making jumps or just, you know, 
Back then we had skate parks and cycling wasn't a, a big deal riding in the parks. But then I was starting to ride in the skate parks just because I like jumping on my bike and stuff like that. So those are those are my kind of training, you know, just going out with friends, riding. I wasn't like strict on training any certain way in BMX. It was just, just riding we didn't know. It was just riding our bikes and having fun and yeah. just going to local races and every weekend. And Yeah. I mean, and, and throughout the entirety of your career, I wanted to know what's the longest period of time you haven't ridden a bike, whether it was an injury or, you know, taking a break. I mean, what's the longest period of time since you were 13 that you have not ridden a bike for? Is it yeah. a month, a year, no. three, four days? Yeah. Well, you know, I have had some injuries. I fractured my hip in the time and passes and, and, you know, so I couldn't ride. So it's probably been maybe a week at the most and stuff like that. But, wow. um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't really have any reason not to want to ride my bike because, yeah. you know, unless I have a good excuse, you know, where I'm injured or something, then yeah. I, you know, I have no choice, but my recovery and injuries have been really fast too. I mean, I've, I've had bad luck where I've fractured my hip. And then I was able to start riding and I was, you know, just rolling along the road and stuff. And then, then I ended up falling on the other side of the hip and then yeah. I ended up fracturing my other side of the hip. So I, I just hit some grease on the road and, and I like was just, just starting to recover from my right hip. And then all suddenly I washed out again and, yeah. and landed on my other side and it did. And it was like, man, and then I had to pull out all the handicap stuff and, and start all over by walking with the. Yeah. 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 Well, we were, we were speaking the other day and you were kind of mentioning how, you know, you've kind of been at the, the beginning of so many different kind of booms of cycling. You know, you were at BMX when BMX was, didn't really exist. Like you were one of the first people to do BMX right. and then really the same thing for mountain biking. And you started mountain biking in the early eighties when a mountain bike now would have, it'd be like someone's town bike. You know, there's no, there's no suspension. It's like, you know, pretty small tires. And even to a degree with, you know, kind of mixed surface gravel races, you've been doing that kind of since the, since the beginning. I mean, when you look back over, you know, the last 50 years of, of riding a bike, is there a moment that stands out when you felt that, you know, bikes have come a long way? I mean, I know bikes continue to advance and evolve, but I don't think anyone has been in quite the same position that you have at, you know, really the, the top of the sport over so many kind of booms of, of the cycling industry. Mm, yeah. Well, what I've seen the biggest changes on mountain bikes, you know, I mean, mountain bikes to me and road bikes, there's, I see more big changes on the mountain bike than I have seen on a road bike. You know, I started with just like a chromoly frame, you know, still made from China or something and, uh, with, uh, no suspension and, uh, toe straps. And we, we were running our bars like crazy short, like, you know, really funny, you know, looking, you know, yeah. where they were almost like the brake levers look like they're almost like touching each other, you know, some pictures and stuff. But, um, yeah, the bikes have been the, uh, the mountain bikes have been the biggest advance. And I really loved it because every time, every year I had motivation because there was always something new coming out quickly on bikes. And so I got to get on new stuff. And so it was like, it was like, you know, giving a kid a new toy every year. And, you know, and we were like, went from you know, toe straps to clip-ins and then to suspension and then to full suspension and then into disc brakes and disc yeah. brakes. And then yeah. one chain, you know, who would have thought that your chain ring in the front was going to be smaller than a chain ring in the back? And yeah, we'll go from three by to one by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's such a, you know, it's such an awesome feeling to ride these, you know, all this new technology and stuff. And uh, yeah, so I, I've, I've enjoyed it, you know, I mean, it's just, it keeps me motivated and it's, it's helped me ride and last in a sport longer because, you know, as you get older, you just feel like, you know, you, you start to weaken a little bit. And so you need all the, you need all the trick stuff possible to make you still stay fast, you know? And I think with the bikes, you know, being the way they're making them, you know, they're able to, anybody could go fast at any age. I mean, do you feel like you've weakened it all? I mean, obviously, you know, you're older now than you were 20, 30 years ago, but you're still out here doing this. You're still riding all the time. I mean, do you feel, do you feel any different or do you feel just, just as, you know, fresh and springy as you were when you were 22 years old? Uh, no, I, I feel different. I mean, for sure. Uh, there's, you know, like there's just days where, uh, I need to ride I, an easy to ride and, um, and I feel, you know, I feel kind of burnt in the inside, but I just, I'm happy I could just do a one day recovery ride. And then the next day, uh, then I feel good again. And, uh, 
I think just being consistent in writing, you know, like, a, you know, whatever works for you, like hard days and easy days and just do it consistently. I feel like, yeah, I mean, my recoveries are pretty fast. I mean, yesterday I felt flat, but then today I feel better. Yeah. So if I didn't have like a, a writing a program like I do, like just training every day, I would think that it would probably be more, you know, more uh, harder days and yeah. easier days and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I feel my age, I need to rest more. I need, if I sleep more, I feel better on, yeah. on my training days. So I do go to, I do get like, close to seven or eight hours of sleep, you know, yeah. for sure. I need more than six hours of sleep to really feel good every day. Yeah. I wake up. If I don't have a good sleep, I, I feel drowsy. I feel tired. I need more coffee than normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Well, when you had mentioned that you rate, you ride a lot alone, you know, you kind of have a pretty, you know, I don't say structured training plan, but you kind of, you know, you have the loops that you do, you know what you're doing, you head out alone. So you have a, a lot of time to think about it. Have you, in all these years of riding, what is it that keeps you going? You know, what is it that keeps Tinker, you know, now coming up to 61, still, you know, you're heading this week into a, to another race. You're not just riding casually and, you know, I'm going to go do 10 or 15 miles. You're still, you're still finding your limits. Do you know what it is that keeps you doing that? That keeps you wanting to go push yourself to, right. you know, I'm sure oftentimes like, you know, a painful, dark place of, <laughs> you know, suffering. I think the way I look at it is that I feel pretty blessed to be able to go and ride every day as my job. And, and you know, I have a house and I have, you know, responsibilities. So I think, you know, when you look at when everybody has to get up every morning, they have to go to work. I have to think of the same way. You know, I, I look at, you know, I don't look like, you know, things are just given to me. I have to work for it. So, so yeah, it's my job. And the bottom line is, is if I don't do my job, then... I might be looking for another career. Yeah. And, um, and, and in this job, you know, I have to race until I'm like 60 just to, to survive. You know, I, I wasn't able to like retire earlier because I made so much money and now I could just go and, oh, I could just go find something else fun to do. I found a job that I have to realize that, man, I got to keep going or I yeah. really have to get another job to, you know, to keep up with my, you know, my lifestyle. I have a feeling though that even if you had the money to retire, you would still ride your bike. Is that <laughs> is that correct? I mean, you would still be you yeah, know, sneaking yeah, it, out and riding. Yeah, I, I yeah, you're right. I mean, I and I don't see myself. You know, even when I do decide to, like, say I'm going to stop riding racing, I'm still going to be racing. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going to race some form of you know one way or another. I mean. Uh, I'm kind of lucky because I could still race a little bit in my uh, master's in master's class, and, and my team is still supporting me like as I'm a pro. Yeah. And but you know, a lot of times when I do like gravel racing and stuff, I'll race the open. You know, mm -hmm. and there's only a few races I'll race my uh, master's class because yeah. it's gotten to a level where it's really hard. But yeah, overall, I'm not still like just racing at my age category or anything like that. I'm still racing at a high level. And, um, yeah. and, and I'm really, uh, I don't know where I, you know, I think it's just to drive, you know, I, I just love, I love to, uh, go out and work hard, you know, and feel what it feels to be going fast. So then, you know, okay, I feel really good. If I train less, I'm not going to feel as good as I do now. But now that I've been training at this level, you know, you got to stay at this level to really feel that speed that you really are, you know, digging for. So, yeah, so I know that uh, that level that I need to be at to be ready to go fast at races. And when you look back over the entirety of your career, is there a single moment that stands out, a high point? I mean, you've had, you know, multiple world championships and national titles and won, you know, all sorts of races and events. Is there a high point or is it is it just kind of all been this, I mean, yeah, awesome it's, ride? It, it kind of all blends together a little bit. You know, all races are, you know important to me. But I mean, when I was like with Volvo Cannondale back in around 94, 95, 96, those are really my big highlight career. I mean, I was really uh, winning, you know, I was like, I won a few World Cups. I uh, was like ranked really high in the UCI. I mean, I was like top five, almost at one point, top 10. I finished in the World Cup points, third over, you know, in the points in the whole World Cup series. Yeah. Um, I won the my US national. I was like, top three in the World Cup point standings and then winning World Cup races, you know, those will always stick with me, you know, for sure. Yeah. I mean, those, you know, those are, don't come easy. And, uh, and not many people could say they won, you know, won a 
UCI World Cup race, you know, so. No, especially American mountain bike. Yeah, it's, it's happened and, very, you yeah, know. So it's, you know, those will always be permanently in me, you know. So. Yeah. Well, as you know, we have some, there's some younger riders here at, at the camp and do you have any advice for anyone who, you know, is getting into the sport? I mean, really for the longevity, you know, I've seen so many of my friends and, you know, kids that I grew up racing with, they race and they've, and they've burnt out, but you know, you've continued to, to love it. Is there anything, you know, whether it's a, a sense of balance or just, you know, drive motivation, any advice to keep, yeah. for people to just continue doing this beautiful sport? Yeah. I've, I've kind of seen it, you know, like, hit his high points and you know and now i think with the gravel i think there's you know there's some uh there's some hope for the u.s to be able to find a, a team and be able to make a you know a salary a little bit and stuff like that you know it's, it's really just hard to say i mean i think you know still the for cycling the best place to be at is in europe you know i yeah. mean if you really want to make a living i would be talking more positive if I was in Europe right now yeah. you know? because there's so much more out there to offer and everything is, a, you know, it's like peaking, you know I mean? It's so yeah. big. And here it's like, it, it just seems like it's just kind of dead everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I guess we've, you know, especially in the U.S., we've kind of gone through these ebbs and flows, you know, I think like, you know, BMX, you know, was kind of big here in, you know, yeah. what, early, early, I guess late seventies and yeah, then kind of eighties, nineties, yeah. like there was a huge mountain bike boom that kind of stemmed from the U.S., but then kind of moved over to Europe. Yeah. You know, I guess in, you know, late eighties and then again, like early two thousands, you know, road cycling was big in here in the States, but it's kind of transitioned back to Europe and there's not many races here. And even yeah. with gravel, it, you know, was really kind of I'm seeing, born here. Yeah. I'm kind of seeing it's like, it's, it's going to pop big here. And then before you know it, it's going to be really big in Europe. And yeah. then, and then it's just going to be like, you know, sooner or later, it's going to like, we'll start to fade out. Well, we won't fade out for, it's going to be around for a while. Yeah. I think this sport is, you know, has a really... It's uniquely American in the sense like we have the roads for yeah. these events, which, you know... And we have a lot of riders that feel more comfortable riding on the gravel yeah. than the roads nowadays because there's so many more people. And I think now it's giving an opportunity for these people that are not so happy about riding on the roads because of how dangerous it is. I think gravel is definitely has a place for, you know, for these kind of riders and things. Well, and having been at the beginning of so many of these, you know, different kind of disciplines of cycling... Do you ever think about what's next? You know, there was a boom of BMX, mountain bike, you know, gravel. Do you yeah. have give you your finger on the pulse of does Tinker know what <laughs> what is next? I mean, is there a new style of bike coming out or a new, you know, surface or discipline to yeah. to be born? Have you ever actually if, if there's anything new, it's not gonna be, you know, probably something that I'll be you know, good at or something, you know, I think oh, you'll that, adapt. You'll <laughs> I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty satisfied just having the gravel being new for me at the end of my, you know, coming, you know, at this time of my career that I enjoy riding the road. I, I love the way, you know, that's been my key machine for training. It's always been my road. Yeah. I've always believed that since I started training on a road that it seemed like all the road guys that, that I've seen had the best fitness coming, you know, for any type of racing and, and bikes. Yeah. So as long as I could ride my road bike, I'll feel really pumped for any of my racing, you know, gravel or mountain bike or anything yeah. like that. So, well, and do, so you, you, do you touch up on your technical skills much or do, have you just done it? You spent so much time off-road BMX bikes, mountain bikes that you can jump into a, a mountain bike race and having just trained on the road and feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, the, luxury I have, I guess, if you want to say I could just train and, you know, I have just the skills that I know that I have, that I could go to any mountain bike race and, and not have to train in certain ways. I mean, I'm not going to be the fastest downhiller. I'm not going to be the best single track guy. I'm not going to be the most insane guy going down some of these crazy stuff. I, I, I got a limit and, and I'm not going to try to get any better I don't even use a drop post on my mountain bike. Old school. I like it. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know what? You know, I I don't need it. It's just like, you know, for me, it's like extra weight. Why yeah. do I need to put a post drop post? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curious. I haven't seen a picture of you recently on your mountain bike, but I assume you've gone to the wider bars because I know back in the day, even when I started racing mountain bikes, I think my bars were like 21 inches or something. You know, they're yeah, like almost the same crazy. width as yeah. my road bar. Yeah. Are you on are you on wider handlebars now on your mountain I am. bike? I'm wider bars. Probably still pedaling a little bit easier than most of the riders, you know, but 
I, I feel pretty comfortable on my gravel bike that I'm still pushing pretty decent gears. Yeah. I mean, even though I had to toll the wrong gear for the camp. Yeah. Yeah, but I wasn't expecting to be using some of my old components, but that's okay. I mean, that's another reason why I'm glad I'm cutting it short because I've already, I, I need too big, I need a big ring and, uh, yeah. you know, I, I have no, I'm just trying my hardest just to stay up with you guys going down the hill and I'm just, yeah, just taking it out, just <laughs> yeah. burning so much before, you know, by the time I catch up and, uh, but yeah, I got, my bike looks pretty much updated. My mountain bike, you know, with wider bars and yeah. things like that. You've adapted I, not, with the times and yeah. yeah, gone up with what kind of the latest trends are in, in yeah. mountain biking. Yeah. 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 Well, and kind of the last thing here, I mean, sitting here, it's, it's, I guess, late winter, early spring. How many more years can you do this? How many more years do you want to do this? Do you have anything? Is there an endpoint in, in mind or is it, you're just going to keep doing this as long as as long as you can, as long as, you know, it's, it's your job. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, it seems like Floyd is quite interested in keeping me for at least two years. And so I'll be uh, 62. Yeah. Yeah. So if I could continue doing it, I'll, I'll keep on doing it, but at least I know that I could be able to survive once I get around 62. Cause then I could start collecting <laughs> some money when, yeah. because of <laughs> yeah. my age. And, yeah. and it doesn't take a lot for me to be able to survive nowadays. I've been lucky to be able to have you know, I don't own a home, but I'm pretty close to it, yeah. you know, and I, I have a pretty good idea of how I'm going to survive for yeah. the rest of my life. So, well, it seems like in, in general, you know, just having spent a couple of days with you, you're very simple in a good way. There's, it, I mean, it doesn't take much to make Tinker happy, you know, give him some, some food <laughs> and a bike and Tinker's going to be happy. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I've, you know, I've grown up where I gotten a lot out of the sport and I needed a lot at the time. And, uh, and I was at, I was in it at the right time where I was, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, know what it was going to take to, you know, to go on for a long time. So, um, I got past that and now I'm at this point where I could, I could still see that I could still be riding my bike for the next, you know, few more years. So, yeah. um, yeah, I just hope I could still stay healthy and stay away from injuries and things like that. You know, yeah. it's, it's still, there's some danger in the sport. Just got to be, uh, try to be wise every day what you're doing and, and just, you know, I'm just, just thankful, like I said, every day just to be able to ride my bike. Yeah. Wake up. <laughs> it's, it, it sure is a good life, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, yeah. you know, you're not going to get rich, but you know, it, it, it feels good in the inside. You know, you feel good in the inside. You feel like, you, you feel like always like a kid when you're riding a bike, man. Yeah. Well, so, and, and like, yeah. <laughs> 61 years old, still feeling like a kid. And it's, it's really been a pleasure to to meet you and just to see the the longevity of this sport, you know, because there's so many sports that people, you know, get into and, you know, whether through injury or just the, you know, the impact of it, you know, you can't, you can't do it for your whole life, but you're, you know, truly an inspiration that, you know, I'm just turned 31 yesterday. And the fact That's that, it. you know, I can, I was, I can I was do afraid this for, to ask, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, I can do this for another 30 plus yeah, years, got, which is I'm, crazy. Yeah. You look at me, man, if you could do it, I could do it too. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, Tinker. Well, hey, yeah. thank you so much. I know you got to get heading back home and uh, get yeah. ready for your first well, race a, of the year. Have a great rest of the week, man. Awesome. Thanks, thank Tinker. You. All right, Genevieve. Well, you found probably the, this is probably the best spot I've ever podcasted. We're sitting in these very comfortable chairs out by the pool down here in Southern California. And this is your first kind of return to a team camp, but, you know, just riding in a group of people and you're, I don't want to say you're making a comeback, but you're you're returning to cycling, which, you know, it's been goodness, 20 some odd years since you raced last. I mean, how does this, how does this feel to just be back in this, you know, environment and with, you know, people riding bikes and kind of team camp? It feels feeling? really good. It feels really good. And it's fun to be with a group of people with common interests because it's something that I have not experienced since my retirement, quote unquote. And even when I was cycling, I mean, our training camps were, were not as fun as now. You know, there was not really any camaraderie or we all had different houses. We didn't live as a group. So you don't really learn to know your teammates. And even if right here, I mean, we're going to have a bunch of different races. We're going to cross each other at the races or maybe not because we have different schedules. It was really fun to get to spend some time with other like-minded individuals. It's almost like I'm starting from scratch. Yes, I do have knowledge about whatever I did in my career and I have the experience that comes with that and, and everything, but I'm 40 now and I have to learn to train as a 40-year-old with 15 years in between 
racing as uh, at, at the top level and now. So it's kind of a really interesting journey or learning uh, learning situation here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting just to observe you. I mean, because, you know, we did the, a ride on the first day we got here and it was a long, it was a longer ride. And I know that you know, you've also been up in Quebec and you haven't been able to ride outside in a, like, what, five months now. Yeah. But at one point, you know, we were doing a little pace line and, and you stood up and it just, like, I just saw your natural ability. You know, I just saw this, like, you looked like a professional cyclist, just in the way you stood up and like, you know, this little acceleration to kind of close the gap. And it's just something that is so, you know, kind of crazy to me to observe because you haven't raced in you know, 15 plus years, mm. but like those little instincts, you know, training and you can improve your fitness over mm -hmm. time. And that just, you know, that takes time. But some of these like little kind of almost uncoachable things that just happen from spending years and years on the bike. It's it, just like, it's still there. It just exact, comes back. It right comes away. back. The technical skills I'm going to have to brush up and learning the new bike and the, the studded, not, not studded, but knobby tires, knobby tires yeah. and how to take corners with that and feel comfortable on the bike. But yeah, you're right. It comes back. It's, uh, it's ingrained and it's just sleeping. So, and then when you get into that same situation again, it comes back to life. Yeah. Well, and you've had a very, I don't even know how you describe it, interesting, unique life experience, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that, you know, you've been very open about, you know, kind of the, the things that have happened to you and the process by which, you know, you went through those at, at such a young age as well. Is there any sort of fear of returning to cycling? I mean, is there any sort of negative, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, experiences or is it, I mean, are you at a point now in your life, you know, being 40 years old, you know, you have, you have a job, you have so many other things going on that, that it felt like an appropriate point in your life to be like, you know what, I actually enjoy riding my bike again mm -hmm. and I'm ready to kind of put my foot back in the ring and, and see what it's like. I would be lying if I, if I would tell you that there's no fear, but it's the kind of fear that's motivating a little bit. Yeah. I think it's super important to continue to do things that are a little scary, to continue to grow as a human being. Because if, if you always stay in your comfort zone, you just kind of stay at the same level and to to have all these emotions when you're going to do something that's a little scary uh, and then you go through, it can be very enriching. So I'm a little, yes, I'm, I know that your question is towards other people and, and no, I mean, uh, it's really just, I mean, even yeah, being back yeah, in, a, okay. in a Peloton racing again and crashes yeah, 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 and, yeah, you know, there's so many things that are, I, I hope I'm going to be well received. That's for sure. And I understand people can have all their opinions and all that stuff and they're entitled to that. So there's a little fear there, but also there's a fear being back on the roads with a bunch of people and all that stuff. Definitely. Yeah. You, because you haven't raced in, in so long, I think there's a lot of unknowns as just as far as, you know, how fast the races are today, you know, how much time do you have to dedicate to, to training and racing? But, you know, it sounds like you want to get back to a, a you want to see what you're capable of again. Yeah, I, it's not the main goal. The main goal would be to more to have fun and to enjoy the process and just to be a good ambassador for cycling and also for people that have lived anything. It can yeah. be anything that was hard in their life. It's just to be a positive example that, yes, you can go back. You can recover from that and you can heal and have a really positive life. But the competitor in me definitely wants to see where I can push it. Yeah. I, I think I have to be patient with that. And I experienced it in the first few days here. I'm like, oh shit, I, I wish I would be able to, you know, do this big ride you did yesterday. Yeah. Like a hundred miles and 12,000 feet of elevation. I will be able to, but maybe yeah. in, Oct in, in August or September, yeah. not now <laughs> when my only riding that I did was on Zwift. So I, I still have, it's like the reflex of when I was super fit. Yeah. And I just have to adjust that so I can train the best I can right now and move up. Yeah. One thing at a time. Yeah. And we'll see. Well, and, and how much riding did you do between 2006, five, why? Five, 2005 and Until I guess up last now? year? Yeah. From, uh, from 2005 to 2012, I didn't do any. Not, never touched the bike. I sold the bikes, yeah. everything. And then 2012, I came back to Montreal and I bought my first bike ever and I could not believe how expensive it was. Yeah. It was a major shock. I mean, I had an idea, 
But when you never paid for a bike and now you're shopping and you're like, oh my God, this is the price of a car, (laughs) you know? So in 2012, I did a little bit. I wanted to get ready for the the movie they filmed based on my life story. And Um, and what's the name of that movie again? La Petite Reine. And you said it can be found on On iTunes, iTunes. yeah, Apple. Yeah. So I wanted to get ready for that. And I rode a little bit and they had training camps with, uh, with the actresses in the movie and stuff. So that was super fun. But after that, I got super busy with school. And I had two jobs and all that stuff. So cycling took a back seat again until I met my husband. And he had a regular job, like nine to five. I was going to school during the day and then working at night in restaurants. So we didn't have time to see each other. So we used the bike as a date. Yeah. So I got a bit more into it with him. So that's 2016, 17 was still very light. And then when the first, for us in Canada, when the first COVID closure happened in March 2020, I just took it as a training camp. So from March to July that year, I rode every day. I did all the Zwift badges. Yeah, You know, I did everything. And then that summer I continued. And then we had another lockdown from October 2020 all the way to June 2021. Wow. So that I, I was a little bit less motivated to tell you the truth because it was so long and with days with nothing to do it was it was hard but I still rode so that was a little serious but nothing structured I just started to do structure in October of 2021 so just a few months ago and so like returning more and you know obviously now you know training more and for the first time in a long time having you know goals or objectives that you you know you know you're going to an event where you want to be ready and I've been puzzling with this question in my own mind recently, like what drives us? Like what, why do we want to do this? I mean, is there kind of returning to, you know, this type of environment where you're not just riding around, you know, for pleasure? Have you found any answer to that question of like, you know, what is it about the process of getting fit and getting ready for a race and an event that is so, in a sense, addicting, you know, because it is like something you you want to get ready for it and go back to it and do it again. And, you know, you've had a long life of, of racing bikes, but, you know, you're wanting to come back and do it again. Is it is it a personal thing of like, you know, to see what you're capable of and to go through that process of personally, I love maybe more than racing, the process of going on a ride and be like, I am out of shape. This sucks. And then just seeing like every day get better and better. And it's like, it's this personal kind of, you know, you see this, these small, you know, little leaps of progress and it's so rewarding satisfying yeah it's an excellent question and i'm doing it for myself for sure but if i dig deeper and it's gonna stay for myself but i never had the same satisfaction getting better at my work yeah yes it's fun okay you're productive at work and you're liked so right now as a as a personal coach and the head coach of an orange sherry franchise when i started i was super timid i'm not a person that talks a lot in regular life and so just to to see what now it's been three years i'm coaching so i have all this experience and i'm i'm good at it now but to to see my progress was fun but it's not as satisfying as training for something and then execute. Yeah. So that might be a personality thing, but I think the thing with sports is that it's almost an instant gratification. Yeah. When you do your intervals and you crush your training ride or you do a really good recovery day and the next day you feel great, you go to the race, you know exactly where you're at. So it's measurable. And that's the thing that you can't really uh, have in any other part of life. Yeah. Because if we talk about psychological progress, you absolutely have no idea if you're getting, if you're getting better or yeah. not, right? It takes a long time. So you're kind of in the dark with that. And then the same thing with work. It's not as measurable as, as tangible as saying, well, I was squatting uh, 145 and now I'm at 195 for 10 reps. Yeah. It's great. I can see my progress. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit par- a part of that. Yeah. And, and just with the, the training, is there anything that you've noticed in, in returning that has 
changed since you were training back in so early much. 2000s? Yeah. I mean, you never had a power meter. Before. I never had a power meter. I was yeah. only going with speed and heart rate. Uh, so that's one. Nutrition has gotten yeah. so much better. And then I guess just being a little older, rest is really important too. I mean, it's important for everybody, especially uh, high level athletes. But I think as you as you age a little bit, there's different different things you need to do. I never stretch in my life. Yeah. But you, but uh, so you do now. I do now. Yeah. I, I find it's really helping and I don't have a specific method. I do it when I, I can and it feels good to me. But that's definitely something that's helping me. So and then, you know, gravel and the, the everything that's behind it and the, the the technique and the bikes and the tires and all that stuff, the gears we use, it's all new. Does that excite you? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, actually. It's, it's like it's kind of learning all over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm doing the same thing as I did before, but with stuff that I'm, I have no idea what to do. Yeah. Like I'm still terrified of, of tubeless tires. Yeah. I have some in my bike and I, I have a, a kit to repair, a, like a plugging kit. Yeah, we've never used it. No. So <laughs> yeah. if I'm on the side of the road, I mean, I'm going to pull up my phone and yeah. ask YouTube to find me a video. <laughs> and I think about that. I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, and it is completely different. And I guess I had a similar kind of worry when I first started doing it. And, you know, up to this day, I used one plug only. I don't have, like, I know I should probably, like, get an old tire and, like, hit, put Try. some nails in it and practice, <laughs> but I just don't want to, like, make a mess and, right. you know, have to practice with it. But it is, it is constantly changing and it's different. We were speaking earlier how, like, you know, we used to ride on 19 millimeter tires with 160 PSI, you know. <laughs> it's, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine how we were cornering with that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's, it's Crazy. definitely, it's definitely changed a lot. And do you still ride a road bike as well up in, up in Quebec? Yep. I had a road bike. Uh, that's the only thing I had. And I had, um, it was not a gravel bike. It was more of a city bike with 31 mil, a little knobby. And I used that for gravel, but it was not, I mean, I couldn't do much with it. Yeah. So now with that, that squad bike I have now, it's so comfortable. And it's funny because I was, I was uh, telling Taylor last night when we went for dinner, I was sponsored by Colnago my, my whole career. And it always fit my body in a way that it's like the bike was part of me. Yeah. And then after that, I tried other brands and stuff and they were all good. I mean, at that level, all the bikes are good. But the geometry changes a little bit and all that stuff. And when I'm, I got on that squad bike and now the, my position is dialed in and stuff, it feels the same as my Colnago. When yeah. I stand up on my pedal, you feel the same. I feel the same. It corners the same. Uh, it's just great. So I'm, I'm really pleased. Yeah. Super happy. Well, and as you, you know, you have a busy schedule and the team has a pretty busy schedule this year. Are there any events that you're looking forward to or are you just, you know, it's, it's so foreign that you don't really know which events are going to suit you the best or, you know, the, I mean, cause they're all slight, it's a cool thing with gravel and I guess similar with road racing, but I think more specifically in, in the gravel scene currently is all the races are slightly different. You know, unbound is, you know, super long and it's not flat by any means cause it's a lot of climbing, but it's fast roads versus, you know, the Belgian waffle rides are, you know, more of like a road race, but off, you know, some off-road sections. Is there anything you're looking forward to? Are you pretty open-minded to just be like, I'm ready to try it all. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to take this year as a learning year to see what it's like. But eventually, without any experience and without knowing any of the courses or, or how the races are, I have my sights on the, yes, Belgian Waffle Rice San Diego because I lived here for five years and I feel a connection to it. And also the North, North Carolina one in Asheville. I had a house in Boone for many years so up north from Asheville, but it's one of my favorite states. And uh, I would like to do well there. And then there's a uh, rooted Vermont that looks super fun. So I have a few events that without knowing much, just the pictures and the, 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 the profiles I've seen, I would like to do well. But I think for this first year, it comes back to what I said before. I need to be patient and maybe I'm just, I'm going to have a hard time, but I want to be able to finish a race and say, I didn't quit. I gave it my all. Yes, I had trouble there. And yes, I didn't descend as fast or climb as fast or whatever. But at the end, the, the, the result is the same. I'm happy about what I did. Yeah. And just, and, and the progress of, you know, returning and getting better over the course of the year, like 
you know, there's always another race. Yeah. You know, there's always exactly. like another time to to improve and get better. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are so many newer young people getting into the sport of cycling. I mean, you're in a very unique position of giving advice to because you might you have better perspective than I do because I've just been doing this kind of straight through and never stopped. And so the fact that you've you know decided to return obviously means that it brings you great you know value to your life and you know whether it's health or yes. connections or you know for so many reasons. But what sort of advice would you give to young people getting into the sport of cycling? I, it would be to understand that their value is not tied up with only the results. They are human beings. They have other talents. Yes, they ride a bike fast. And when the results are there, it's really fun and it's motivating and everything goes well. But at the same time, it's not the end of the world. Uh, we're not brain surgeons. We're not curing AIDS or, or cancer. Yes, it's important. And the results are important because that's what you train for. But it's we are something greater than just a bike racer. And that's one thing that for me, when my career ended, I was completely lost. I had no self-esteem. I didn't know if I would be able to to live through life if I was good at something else. And it, it was for about 18 months, it was extremely difficult to understand who I was. And it's for sure my situation was different and I, I was not able to get a good entourage with me. I was only with one person and that was it. But I would really um, encourage young athletes to not to diversify because you have to put your energy all at the same place to to be as successful as you can be but to just keep a good balance in your life friends uh significant others uh, maybe other interests if it's school if it's only one class a semester you know to keep engaged in other things because it makes your cycling so much easier and so much more satisfying. So even for me right now, I get into the trap of of saying, you know, I have a full-time job. I work on my feet and sometimes I get home and it's late afternoon and I have to do my intervals or I have a three-hour ride or something. And it's really hard because I'm already wiped out for my day. So I wish I would be able to ride full-time and dedicate my energy to that to get the best results I can. But it's not the answer because at the same time, I love racing and getting ready right now because I have another job and my husband is behind me and I have this support and stuff and I know that I'm successful somewhere else. So it's kind of a double-edged... Double-edged sword. Well, exactly. How do you say that Um, in French? Is there the same... What do we say in French? Like, uh, while my brain is not working properly because I'm under pressure, probably. And you're speaking but, in English, uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, double tranchant, une lame à double tranchant, that's it. Okay. So it's a, it's, it means the same yeah. thing. So that would be my recommendation. Yeah. Well, and is that maybe, and this is something that I've experienced. You know, I, you know, retired from road in 2019 and then 2020, you know, there's no events. And then I came back this past year and just for, for the same reason, you know, it was fun. I wanted to race my bike again and, you know, I did well. And then I kind of got started to get these same feelings that I have when I was racing professionally on the road where you kind of start to get like sucked back in and maybe, and it wasn't, I mean, I guess it was a a fear that you get sucked back in, but maybe that is one of the fears that you have is like you fall back into these things that you did when you were racing professionally, where you start to feel like, oh, like, you know, you have this balanced lifestyle and that's, you know, for myself, probably why I had a success for years because it was such a treat to go out and ride my bike. You know, exactly. when you're a pro, you have, you know, all day to ride and that's all you do. Mm. And now it's like, oh, sweet. I have two hours or cool. I got to come to California for a week. I'm going to like ride as much as I can. Mm-hmm. You're excited versus, you know, getting stuck in these kind of maybe dangerous mental It's places. almost, it's almost like PTSD sometimes I find. Yeah. Everything comes back and you kind of, and for me, when I was all in, I was not a super pleasant person because I was often tired. So I would snap and be very quiet and all that stuff. And that's not fair to Paul, my husband, because he's a great guy and he's a hundred percent behind me. So I can't become that, you know, nasty person again. So yeah, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. I mean, and it's even just simple things like, you know, I mean, this, this team camp is obviously very different than any pro team camp I ever did. And I assume mm-hmm. with you, I mean, but it's, it's the little things that make it so much more refreshing. Like, you know, the other night we went to go get frozen yogurt together, which is like, it's simple. And like, you know, but at a pro team camp, you're like, oh, we got to be in bed. We have to, you know, yeah. do all this and that. And I was like, it's just the little things like 
hey, we're doing this because it's fun. And yes. I think like to keep that mentality and I think for, you know, young athletes getting into it, of course, you have to be serious. You have to be focused. But to keep this sense of of, of balance and, mm-hmm. you know, a have bigger fun. purpose of life. Yeah. And continue to do things that regular human beings do. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. And oh. so that comes back to going, getting ice cream and yeah, it's fine, you know. Um, yeah. Well, when I was racing, I, I told myself because I was, you know, my wife was at the time living in the U.S. and I was living over in France and you should come and visit sometimes. But I had these, you know, huge blocks of time to become diff- weird, you know, to just like <laughs> get into like some weird, I don't know, diet or something stupid. And I told myself that if my wife ever asked me, like, what are you doing? to probably not do that thing. If it was some weird, you know, I don't know, eating something weird or you're like sleep, doing something stupid for sleeping, you know, yeah. <laughs> like trying to put like masks on, earplugs and all these things, like, you know, try to keep it as balanced and and, and normal as possible. Like you said, just do things that normal people do. You know, mm. go for a walk on the beach or, you know, whatever it may be. It's, it is I so I have important. the same process with Paul. It's like if ever he wants to do something and I'm thinking, well, no, I don't want to go walk too far because I need to rest my legs. It's like, no, that's too far. Just go for the damn walk and be be in the present yeah definitely and it makes it it makes it more of an adventure i find right now with all these things you know learning to live in a regular life and then trying to do your best as an athlete uh, yeah it's fun awesome genevieve well i appreciate the time and um i'm looking forward to see you out on the race course this year and you're not that far away up in up in quebec so maybe we can even well i'll definitely be seeing you at events before then but yep. um get together yeah we could definitely get together i know paul would like it and uh, there's so many good roads in vermont that uh, we could uh, we could do something paired with a beer or cider yes Yes. absolutely awesome thanks genevieve (laughs) thank you all righty taylor it's the last day of the training camp you came in i guess you were here the first day you had arrived late but training camp's over and i believe this is your first ever team training camp what's it been like it's been really fun man i uh I had no idea what to expect, but I've always done this cycling thing with myself and my wife. So it's been really fun to be around people that obviously have the same interest, um, hang out with everybody off the bike. That's what I value the most is like the time we've spent watching TV, just kind of hanging out. Going to Olympics. (laughs) Yeah. Going to get tacos every day after rides. It's been more fun than I could have ever imagined. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and we're speaking now and it's mid-February and you've got your first event of the year of the season coming up, which is Old Pueblo. You know, what does kind of joining this team mean for for you for the coming years? Anything changing or more or less coming years similar similar to what you've done in the past? I mean, there definitely is a change, but I would say similar in the sense that I'm able to still do the events that I want to do, really. One thing I'm going to excited about is bringing on a mental health organization with the team. And with that, we can spread awareness at events, after events, everything like that. So for me, I was already working with that organization, but it's able to blossom now from a t- with a team and everything like that. So. Well, and what is that organization? Uh, Go for Graham. Okay. Yeah. So they're, uh, their logo is on the kit. I've noticed it, it right it, behind all of you guys. Exactly. All, all yeah. So they help shed the stigma around mental health through exercise, um, mostly bikes, but basically anything getting outdoors. Yeah. yeah. And that's been a passion project for you for a couple of years now? Yeah, for sure. It's something I've struggled with since eight years old. And yeah. then just in the past couple of years, I've kind of outwardly spoken about it just because I've hidden it for so long when I was really, really young. But yeah, for me, it's it's in my opinion, more important than even the bike racing yeah. is, I mean, it's sad to think there's people out there that may be even going to these races and standing by you that are struggling and they may or may not have support. Yeah. And, uh, I've been lucky enough to have great support, but there's people out there that don't. And yeah. so that's, for me, it's a, I think about that a lot. Well, and that's one of the things that with, with this team and this organization, there's a lot more going on here than just, you know, cool. Here's five athletes go to the races and, you know, try to win feels like there's a deeper level of, of purpose and kind of just, you know, really growth of the sport as well. You know, obviously there's someone like Tinker who's, you know, 62 years old or 60 <laughs> yeah. years old and still racing. Yeah. And there's someone, you know, like, like Victor, who's, you know, 22 years old, been racing for a couple of years. And, yep. you know, just the range of what, you know, you would say a team is now is so different than what it has been, which I think is awesome. And there's so many different ways in which, you know, every athlete on this team has someone to learn from but also, you know, something to, to teach someone else on the team. And as you're saying, you know, beyond just the scope of, 
of the team. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of cycling for sure. And that's, what's so fun. Like Victor 22 tinker 60. Right. But like, in my opinion, this camp was more focused around like fun. Yeah. And for me, I, I had that feeling right away when this team was announced and that's what really got me excited for it. Yeah. And it, I mean, it really is, seems like an exciting year for you, you know, obviously unbound XL champion. Is that, <laughs> is that, I mean, where does that race in itself stand kind of in your priorities of the year? I would say unbound XL and 24 hours in the old Pueblo for me personally are the ones that I look forward to the most because they are longer. Uh, I enjoy those longer races more. I just have, I have more fun doing those. And admittedly, like probably too scared to do the shorter yeah. stuff. Uh, no, it's for me, those are just like an experience that I, I haven't found otherwise in, in different races. That's not to take away anything from those other races, but just for me, those work, work best. Yeah. There's been a, a connection with you in the race. And I mean, obviously you've you know had great results there. And I think sometimes, I mean, for me as well, it's like, if you have a great race somewhere, you're like, well, I want to go back to it. Exactly. Had a good time and you have, you know, good kind of energy associated with, with the race. Yep. Well, you're in Bentonville now as well, which has been an awesome, seems like an awesome change. Cold winter compared to Phoenix. Yeah. A uh, huge change for us. We moved in November from Phoenix to Bella Vista, which is 10, 10-ish miles north of Bentonville. Never really, well, my wife, Mary and I lived in Colorado for a year up in the mountains, but we realized the winter was too harsh for us. So we moved back. But yeah, the winter has been crazy to get back out to the heat. Well, I think it's been abnormally hot here. It has been for February. I mean, today was almost 90 degrees. It yeah. Was, it's been a scorcher. Yeah. But no, I've enjoyed getting out of snow just like you. Like, I wish I was able to ride more while I was here because you guys did a huge week. Um, I've kind of had to cut back a little bit with the race just next weekend. But yeah, I've, I feel at home in the hot, dry weather. And you are heading back to, to, or to Phoenix for a couple of days before old Pueblo. Yep. Are you going to get any more tacos? Because we've eaten a lot of tacos here. Do you have a place, like when you go back to Phoenix, is there a place you're like, okay, we got to go here for tacos or have you eaten enough this week? Uh, I've honestly probably eaten enough this week. Yeah. And crazy enough, I found a better taco place in Bentonville than I have in Phoenix. Oh, really? Yeah. So Mary and I have been going there pretty frequently in Bentonville, oddly enough. And what's the name of that place? Trick Dillies in Bentonville. Trick Dillies. Well, next time I'm down there, I'll it sure check it out. It is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And Onyx. I noticed you're wearing the Onyx hat. Yeah. Which is yeah. Every Sunday, coffee. that's Mary and I's trip. Awesome. Onyx coffee. Well, we're about to head off to dinner here. So um, Taylor, it's been a great week. It's been actually, for me personally, it's been awesome getting to know you because we met... I think I had you quickly on the podcast at the end of the XL last year. Yep. Maybe at the podium ceremony we spoke. Yeah, yeah. But oftentimes at these events, you never really get to actually meet someone and spend time with them and connect. And it's been awesome to be here. And Well, I want to yeah. thank I want to thank you for coming out. It's been special for me. I know the entire team just to have you from Wahoo here, but more importantly, have you to someone, as someone to get to know, right? And as a friend, I value the time and I just want to thank you for coming out. Appreciate it, dude. And, yeah, man. Uh, many more races ahead. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Well, there we have it, folks. Another episode of Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with three of the new Floyds of Leadville racing team athletes. I also want to thank the team for allowing me to come out and crash their team training camp for a week. We did some great rides, but more importantly, we had some great bonding off the bike. It is a very eclectic group of riders, but they all have a very unique and interesting story. So I encourage you, if you see them at a race in the near future, to stop by and say hello. And until next time, folks, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll catch you back here on Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo.